0: This is Zeninish.
1: Hello.
2: So today um, we have a wonderful panel with us. I'm Dr. Kiki, and we're going to be talking about when we cannot go outside how we can go inside. And so today we'll be talking about the current pandemic that we're all um, facing right now and and ways to kind of deal with this and move through this time um, that's pretty much international. We're all kind of dealing with it on some level. So today we have with us this excellent panel. We have Andrea Vazone and Andrea is a yoga teacher. She is a studio manager with eYoga in Charlotte, North Carolina. And her yoga instruction is for children and adults. So welcome, Andrea, it's nice to have you. Thank you, thanks for having me. All right, and then next we have Dr. Ann safi Biassetti, and she's a transpersonal psychologist, uh, somatic psychotherapist, and yoga therapist in practice in Saratoga Springs, New York. She specializes in eating disorders, body image issues, and Teaching and Training in Embodiment. So welcome, Anne. It's so nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And we have Ms. Almeda Pitts. And Ms. Pitts is MSW and LSWAIC. And she, her day, is a clinical social worker, social impact entrepreneur, and an author. She is the founder and principal consultant at Atimla Consulting. Their area of expertise centers on trauma-informed care, mindfulness-based and somatic stress reduction, workplace and leadership wellness via diversity, equity, and belonging. So welcome, Ms. Pitts. It's great to have you. Thank you all so much for having me here. appreciate it. Wonderful. Okay, so let's jump right in. We are looking at a pandemic happening here and COVID-19, Where We hear all kinds of things about it, what it is, what it isn't, how we should deal with it, but those things sometimes get trapped inside, and we don't know quite how to deal with them. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the different ways that you are seeing it manifest within your clients, and we'll start with you, Ms. Pitts.
0: Yes, yeah, so um, as we know that this is definitely a pandemic, um, starting off in a place where we thought maybe it would just be something that would transition over time, but this is really affecting our entire world. And um, the the thing that we are acknowledging, I'm acknowledging within practices, my practice, as well as in uh, medical social work, is my clients are experiencing high anxiety um, to the place where uh, they are feeling a bit overwhelmed of even, what to do, um, daily tasks in the space where it's happening, where they're feeling somatic um, areas, where in their bodies they may be confusing the aspect of maybe I'm having symptoms of COVID when it's really anxiety, really having the tightness in their chest, which is really important to acknowledge and, and helping them to really feel those things and feel those symptoms, but then also to know like when it when is there a difference? But then most of all, how can we anchor them through mindfulness, through activities that helps them to. Um, be aware that, yes, we know that our country and our world is in crisis, but how do we, our bodies right now in this moment, how do we not become in crisis when we can look around or, and without having a list um, connotation, just being able to state that we can sense, okay, how can I calm myself down? How can I be what I can be responsible for? So that's what I'm seeing, a lot of high anxiety um, within my clients right now. Okay.
2: And Ms. Bazone, are you seeing the same
3: types of things? Yes. Well, we were one of the first studios in Charlotte to to close for, temporarily. So I thought that was a really responsible choice of the owner because a lot of people waited until the last, until they were forced to close. So she chose the health of, of the community over the business at that time. And so we've been seeing a lot of people mourning, you know, the loss of just seeing their their friends and their community. So we've tried to quickly put all the classes online. So people who have never filmed themselves before are creating their own little home studios and using zoom uh, as a platform to quickly get those classes online. And we've seen a lot of people attend those, even though there are other ways to see um, teachers. It's been really nice because our clients really want to see their own people that they've had a bond with all these years and then you can also begin the class by having a chat and you can see your friends that you're normally at the studio with every day especially for older people who that's one of their main times that they get out and see people and who are more isolated and might not have other people around them or small children and things like that or even a spouse so that's what we've been seeing the most of is the people who are sad about losing connection and just people who are upset that they, all their plans are canceled. And I think that having these classes online is at least provided a way for people to stay connected within our community and to try to support the studio and also to try to keep it alive and in business after this whole crisis is over. Yes. Yeah. And
1: Dr. Safi Biasetti, are you seeing some of the same things? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, you know, as, um, Almeida was saying that, you know, I'm also seeing the high anxiety levels for sure. Um, it's interesting, I, I, I was seeing, initially, I was seeing, which I think happens for everyone when there is uh, something like this that comes at us so quickly and loads of information, all this overload of information, uh, initially I was finding that people were going one way or the other. They were either shutting down, which is typical of like a trauma response, right, to all of this, either shutting down or getting extremely anxious. Um, And those were the folks initially that were running to the store and hoarding everything and everything else. And, you know, I have a kind of a unique uh, set of circumstances too with uh, my clients that are dealing with eating disorders, uh, because this is a really, really been a very extremely challenging time for this Mm -hmm. particular population. Um, Number one, because of the food scarcity, uh, that's been, uh, you know, happening in the stores. You know, I myself walked into a supermarket and saw the shelves empty. And, and, you know, I stood back for a moment saying, my goodness, and I had the thought in my mind, like I have all my kids home from college and everything. And I had the thought in my mind, like, wow, am I, you know, what's happening here? Am I going to be able to feed them? But with someone that has an eating disorder, you know, one way or the other, if someone is restricting, um, it really feeds into the eating disorder in a big way, you know, saying like, yeah you see this is why we don't eat, and if people around them are eating, it's really triggering to them to say, You know there's no food out there. why are you eating and you know and then for those who um have been binging it, this food scarcity is tremendously anxiety producing and uh and is then uh, you know many times them to old behaviors as ways of comforting this anxiety and uh and fear so you know, I've heard that a lot. And then, of course, the social isolation is something that that population is struggling with to begin with. Right. And now this forced social isolation makes it feel even more lonely and trapped. And so it's uh, it's just been a really interesting time. And, um, you know, really trying to support my clients now working virtually uh, is also a very different thing because everyone's used to being in the office with me especially working somatically uh you know so it's it's challenged my own set of skills uh as well which is always a good thing i guess but um, but yes
2: and in talking about like you know the different emotions that arise over the different things that are are happening in our world with this particular pandemic, you know, like just talking about, I feel my shoulders tense a bit. And, you know, I think about my own thoughts around what's happening. Um, I would like, if we could, to take a moment and kind of go through an exercise. And I was wondering if um, Ms. Pitts, if Almeida, if you would kind of lead us through an exercise. Um, and this is one that someone could do at home even. So if you, if you would, please.
0: That would be great. Thank you so much. Um, So one of the exercises that I actually like to use is actually what I use in diversity, equity and belonging trainings as well, which um, allows people to really just ground themselves. And it's actually from one um, great activist um, and author and licensed social worker, clinical social worker, Resmaa Manakum. Um, he is the author of Grandmother's Hands, My Grandmother's Hands, and he talks about five anchors, okay? And with this five anchors, um, you want to create this space for yourself when you're in building uh, anything when it comes to conflict building or any type of stress, whatever it may be. And right now we're in that space right now of even having this space where we're experiencing stress. We're in the space of even conflict building, like how I'm going to feed this or how I'm going to take care of my rent or whatever, mortgage, all that's coming up. So this is universal um, that can go beyond just workplace wellness um, and race trauma wellness. But it's also the intersectionalities of this as well, because we're seeing that there levels of um, that being affected with socioeconomic as well with our current environment so the first anchor he talks about is being in a place where you can soothe yourself to quiet your mind calm your heart and settle your body okay so before we even go through the anchors I just want us to be in the place right now where we can just adjust our bodies no judgment no judgment at all find a place where you feel like you are centered, wherever that may be, give yourself space to just maybe sit up or relax your spine. Listen to your breath. Your breath is your greatest anchor. Okay. And before we go into this process, let's just do one round of deep cleansing breath. Okay, so we're gonna do a deep inhale, and then we're going to drop the breath. Okay, so it will sound something like this, and I'm going to do an inhale, and I'm going to drop the breath. Okay? So let's do that together. Let's just do a big inhale, and let's drop the breath. In this exercise, you're just going to follow my voice and listen to my voice. And as I go through the anchors with you, I just want you to listen to your body. Give yourself permission to just pay attention to your body. Give yourself permission to just listen to the anchors, to be able to ground any thoughts that come up. Allow them to pass. Don't hold on to them. At this present moment, this is all we have. Thoughts before will become a memory. We can't hold on to them. Okay. You may close your eyes. You may keep them open. It is your choice. Okay. So I'm starting with anchor one. Soothe yourself to quiet your mind, calm your heart and settle your body. Don't forget your breath. Inhale, exhale. (sighs) Anchor two. Simply notice the sensations, vibrations, and emotions in your body, instead of reacting to them. Anchor three, accept the the, the discomfort. Accept the discomfort and notice when it changes, instead of trying to flee from it. Anchor four, stay present and in your body as you move through the unfolding experience, your environment with all its ambiguity and uncertainty and respond to the best parts of yourself. Anchor five, safely discharge any energy that remains most forms of exercise, including walking, including stretching, yoga, any form of exercise that will release anything that is residing within your body. Give yourself permission to release. Let's do one more cleansing breath. Let's do one more inhale. And exhale, drop the breath. And again, these are The Five Anchors, My my Grandmother's Hands by Resba Bamanakam. Please check out his book. It's an amazing, amazing book. But The Five Anchors is something that we can practice each moment during this crisis, during this pandemic, is being able to ground ourselves, being able to check in with ourselves, giving ourselves permission to feel the discomfort and be in a place where we also are finding ways to discharge to be able to release the stress release any of the anxiety that is captured within our bodies or even the the micro stories that we're hearing from the news all of that is very important thank you so much appreciate it
2: thank you and that's a wonderful segue into kind of the core of what we want to talk about the fact that You know, we have all of these emotions and feelings and you talked about acknowledging them within our body. And um, I know even for me, sometimes there's that urge to just push through. There's a lot to do. I need to push through. I need to keep going. And so those things just kind of get stuck and they're just in there. And so looking for ways to release these emotions, these feelings, these physical manifestations of what we're feeling and we're in a time right now where many of us worldwide are told, you need to stay inside for good reason, but we're, we're uh, restricted in our movement, or we're told simply, you have to stay inside. So in doing that, when we cannot go outside, let's start talking about some of the ways that, that we can go inside to be able to have that release, as you said, that discharge of these emotions and feelings. We'll start with you, Dr. Safi Biasetti. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, um, thank you for that, Almeida, because it was really uh, beautiful. You know, I could feel the dropping in right there myself. And uh, one of the things I really loved about it is um, is how permissive it was around feelings and around what we feel in the body. And, you know, that is, to me, is one of the most important things during a time like this part of the way we go inside is we have to hold permission for everything that we're feeling, you know, and everything that we're experiencing in our bodies. You know, one of the things um, that I I actually have a newsletter that I write each month and I just sat down this week. I had extra time, you know, being indoors. And this is what I wrote about was this piece of, um, you know, I was looking at my own life, you know, I have three seniors stuck at home now with a lot of disappointment and discouragement of all these things stopping suddenly. And then I have a husband who works the front line in the hospital and he has no protective equipment, you know? And so I all of a sudden noticed all this anxiety in my own body and I noticed where I was holding it and what have you. But at the same time, here I am the helper and taking care of a bunch of people. And what was running through my own mind was, oh, uh, people have it worse, it'll be okay. You know, um, uh, sort of the lack of permission of feeling all this. And the more there was the lack of permission, the more the tightness was happening in my low back and my neck and everything else. And it wasn't until, you know, I'm also a yoga teacher, yoga therapist, it wasn't until I got on my mat And, you know, started moving that all of a sudden, you know, the tears came out. And it was in that moment, I said, you know, this is it is that we're so programmed to, you know, of course, in many ways to use gratitude and everything else, which is lovely, but then there, you know, sometimes we have to be careful because it can bypass and not give us full permission to feel all this stuff that we're feeling you know so um so yeah so that i think is just a huge piece to go in we need permission to go in first <laughs> absolutely and and when you
2: talk about like having the permission where does that permission come from
1: you know to me it's it's a practice of of being compassionate uh, you know, to oneself, uh, like self-compassion and, and permission, you know, is uh, they really go hand in hand. And um, so, you know, really that permission to be able to still for a while, to be able to do a practice like Almeida just guided us through to, you know, give yourself that kind of time that I think in all of our rushing around where we're, a lot of us uh, are not used to giving ourselves that kind of time and we don't know what to do with it. You know, it's funny. As a meditator, I was kind of like, "Oh, yeah, all right." You know, here it is, lots of time. But my family's been going stir crazy, <laughs> you know, pacing, and they don't know what to do with it. You know, so, so I do think, we, you know, we have to give ourselves permission to still for a while uh, to go in. I agree, and I, I know personally, I'm very much an introvert,
2: and I also meditate. So I've found this quarantine to be absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Like uh, my mind feels open and I feel productive, um, all kinds of ideas. Um, But for some, and some of it is just programming over having to keep doing. um, When you have these moments of silence or you have these moments of stillness, there's a need to fill it and not fill it with self-care but to fill it with other things, and when you're stuck inside and you don't have those other things like work or I need to go, you know, pick up the laundry or I need to, you know, all those types of things, then it's like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are some things? Um, I know that we we did a guided meditation, and what are some other things that you find are helpful when we need to go inside when we are stuck? Or confined to inside. Andrea, do you have some thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. So um, I would say for people who are also have children at their house, and Mm. you can also use everything that we've been talking about for children as well. So for our children, I have three children who go to a public Montessori school and they're moving everything online. Mm. And after each activity, they suggest, or after several works, they suggest a mindfulness activity, Activity, so the child clicks on it, and one, one example is um, a breath that's appropriate for, for a child, like it's called bubble breath, so you pretend that you have a wand, dip it in your bubble solution, take it out, take a deep breath in, think of any worry that you have, and you blow through the bubble wand, and you keep this steady breath and blowing out your your thoughts your concerns and worries until you you feel better and then you can get back to what you're doing so i think it's important to have this this self-compassion during this time and to have grace and compassion for 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 children in your lives or for the other people that are in your lives who are as um someone just said about um their their three children and that are seniors and have all these things that they are missing out on and to acknowledge that that's sad not to say well at least we have a house that we can live in at least we're not homeless things like that it's okay for to allow them to to feel that without going completely off the deep end or wallowing and becoming something that you're just wallowing in this self-pity after you know a lot of, a lot of time you want to try to feel the gratitude for what you have but it's still okay to be disappointed in the things that you missed
2: Absolutely. And I think that's an important point in that, you know, a lot of times we do fall into that mode of, well, you know, at least I have this, at least I have this, you know, there are people who have less than me, you know, that type of thinking. And so we don't acknowledge what is going on. And I know in working with kids, like even outside of this, um, this, what we're facing currently, you know, I have to tell parents that this is your child's reality. It might not be the same as, you know, what you're experiencing or another child, but this is the reality for that child and, um, and for the adult. So it's important to acknowledge that it's there because again, you know, like we've said, if you don't, then it just kind of gets stuck and manifests in some other way. So it's okay to acknowledge it and then learn how to release it and let it go and, and ways of positively moving forward, right? Yeah, do you Do you have any uh, thoughts on this as well?
0: Um, I think it's really awesome as well to be in that place of acknowledging. I'm um, a love the bubble wand. I've actually heard that from my fellow social workers. Um, actually, my aunt, who's a social worker as well, we're talking about that for children and uh, mm-hmm. dance. Right, having those moments where you have a dance break uh, is so important.
3: Right, and giving
0: honor to all bodies. <laughs> movement um, you know to have that and to to dance on purpose and to move on purpose um, is very important uh, especially when it works (laughs) to younger children uh, but also those who are um, of all ages which is so important Um, and you had mentioned earlier too uh, just feeling that you know tightness in your chest or just feeling you know anxious when you're hearing those who are involved is the same thing for me as well Um, I've been finding ways to make sure, like, I check in with myself. And one of the things we learned in mindfulness as we're trained is uh, doing a body scan, right? Having that opportunity to just, if it's laying on the ground or doing um, anything like Zazen, sitting meditation, um, to be in a place where you're just listening to every piece of your body and being able to know like, Hey, I'm kind of hurting in the chest area, or I'm feeling a little tense there, or I may feel some tightness around my, you know, neck, or I may have like, you know, the frontal area of tension headaches. Um, that's very important to acknowledge. Um, and I think the biggest thing I've helped with like some of my clients and and those who I've helped when especially it especially comes to diversity equity and belonging and also in the clinical field is giving yourself permission to start with yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, when we get on the airplane. What do they say? You want to put the mask on you first, right? You can help someone else. And that's one of the things I practice and use within sessions is really saying self-activism. Being able to start with self first, right? Because we can't help anyone else, and that's like you know, social worker, healer, worker, (laughs) one on one. That we have to do the work first for ourselves before we can help anyone else, and that's one of the things that I am continuously practicing. Because otherwise, we kind of get into this this place. And Andrea said it as well: it's just being a place where you feel um, like. You know oh you know yeah yeah i could, could have had it better and you said it too you know could it? i'm okay this is happening but we need to witness each other being in that space where we're all in this together they're going a lower power as well in this as well because i think that happens where it feels like we can kind of come out as healers to be savior complexes when really it's about us needing to take care of ourselves and we project that inadvertently right vicarious traumas real (laughs) and helping us to to navigate so i think that's very important when it comes to starting with any type of inward work um so now we're using the inside as in our environment so that literally has to also begin within our bodies starting there first in our minds um and then the somatic work of that and then looking into our environment for the inside and then going out out
2: out so yeah definitely and i think about Leslie Sanson. <laughs> in a small space, I can walk in a small space, I can stretch in a small space, I can sit still with myself and um, you know think about things and let thoughts go and acknowledge feelings that. I'm either thinking or feeling within my body the stress or the tension or, um, you know, negative thoughts or feeling guilty, even guilt comes up, you know, like my counselors need this or I I need to be doing that or, you know, those kinds of things. So the the space, you don't need a whole lot of space to be able to do that. And can you talk a little more about, about that, the fact that you don't need a lot of space to be able to go inward?
1: yeah it's was just uh you know listening to that and, and i just i just even love that word you know the whole piece of you know just uh, the uh, contemplating on that whole you don't need a lot of space piece because really as as anyone who does mindfulness work as you know Almita and and andrea and as far as even in the yoga we, we say this a lot right that you know, this, this kind of going in is available to you always, you know, so it never has to look like anything big. All it has to look like is one simple breath. All it has to look like, I tell my clients, stand in mountain pose for a moment, just feel the ground, you know. Uh, one of my favorite things is, is in sitting meditation, you know, it was actually a hand position of of the buddha right where he touched down on the ground just to feel the earth right as um as a reminder that oh okay wait a second i'm still here like you started us off with I mean, in the beautiful practice of the anchor you know so the ground is an anchor sometimes a tell my clients you know something when it gets overwhelming we're supposed to go down to the ground (laughs) you know lie down let the earth support you go into child's pose you know just sit down on the ground for a while feel the earth for a while get outside I mean the the most important thing I've been loving um, you know I got this beautiful new puppy and you know I've been joking saying oh she's my COVID-19 puppy you know and she really is she's been like a rescue to all of us you know because it's forced me to get outside more and walking with her and stopping and smelling everything like a puppy will do and and so just being outside on you know in and with the earth like that again simple small not a lot of space doesn't take a lot of time um really one breath you know and so it doesn't have to be anything big as we know
2: yeah i I think about like this morning I got my cup of coffee and I went out on the patio and I just sat, just sat for a moment in my big frumpy robe and um and just you know looked around and you know, uh my dog Max was running all over the place, and then he kind of stopped like oh you're you're out here, you <laughs> know what's going on but it it calmed me like it it made me feel. Um, more focused and more relaxed, and and ready to do the other things that I needed to do throughout the day, and that's a practice, you know, in the rush of life, you know, moving at the speed of life, sometimes you forget to do, but waking up like that extra fifteen minutes or that extra twenty minutes to just sit and be wherever that is can really make a difference in your world. So, um, so yeah, I agree. Are there any other comments or or, um, thoughts that you have on this subject? I know now I am amazed and um, my heart is full when I think about all the different ways that the global community has come together. It's like, look, we're in a, a pandemic right now. Here's some free stuff. Here's just free stuff online as far as music as far as meditation practices, classes, like art classes and cooking classes. And I saw one where um, a grandmother in Italy is like sharing all these different ways to make pasta, you know, just coming together to find different ways to connect with one another and comfort one another. Um so are there any final thoughts on, on, this, uh, on ways to go inside during this time when it's not always possible to go outside or go very far outside? Um, Andrea, did you um, want to weigh in on that? A, yeah,
3: yeah. One of the assignments that my eight-year-old daughter has is uh, to keep a, a journal, a bird journal. Mm. So that, that's something that is a very mindful exercise yeah to just even if you couldn't actually physically leave your house we can leave our house we can't really be around many other people but we can go on walks and we live in a place with a lot of trees and flowers and spring is really beautiful here right now but for people who are are more in that can't even go on walks and things like that much um to keep like a bird journal and that's i thought that was interesting to have to draw the bird and label things and find out about it so that's yeah. a very mindful exercise to just stare out and wait until you you see a bird <laughs> yeah, definitely. so i i definitely like the the positive that i've that i can find from this pandemic um without pretending that there aren't disappointments are are the creative ways that people are finding to connect and mm-hmm. to do things that they've never thought of before
1: definitely definitely and uh, yeah, I just think that, um, you know, again, connecting with anything that really brings you um, some joy, you know, uh, that brings you some grounding. And as we said before, it doesn't have to be uh, anything too elaborate, it could be the simplest of things, you know. Uh, and as we're the whole theme, like we all keep saying, um, not meant to not feel. Right? right? So a lot of times, those simple things actually are the things that allow us to let these feelings just move as they are supposed to do, you know? So right. it's when we're busy, busy, busy that we don't feel, we don't allow ourselves to feel. And that's when that anxiety builds and everything else, you know? So if we can just actually slow it down a bit and do these simplistic things that Bring us toward our feelings, it's okay. It's okay to cry it out. It's okay to, you know, feel the, all those feels, you know, and. Um, and there's, and joy makes us feel that too, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that we, we think about all these lovely feelings that make us feel a lot. Well, we're allowed to have that full range and full spectrum and these little practices, uh, really help us to do that. So, um, I just think it's, uh, really important to, um, stay simple, stay small. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay. And
2: Ms. Almeida.
0: Um, just wanting to say, uh, just continue to give yourself permission to uh, check in with yourself, um, with uh, starting with yourself first, and then being able to know that you can um, be able to extend that uh, just permission with others in your community, in your family, um, and I think that's very important. Just give yourself grace, right? Interrupting of a menacing theme of having so much shame. I love that uh, really quote from. Uh, Sonia Renee Taylor from the, Body's Not a, the Body is Not an Apology. So give yourself mm-hmm. grace. Give yourself so much grace. It's so important. So um, just know that we are beautifully human and we're doing the best that we can in what we're yes. experiencing right now.
2: Yes. Very good. This has been an awesome uh, discussion. And um, I think that there are a lot of words of wisdom. And I think one of the things to highlight here is that, like we were saying, you don't need a whole lot of space. But you do need a whole lot of grace. And that starts with yourself and taking care of self. And then you can, um, as Almeida just said, extend that to others. But making sure that we are mindful of, of our needs and acknowledging what we are feeling. And it's okay. It's okay. So, Dr. Safi Biasetti, do you mind closing this out with a mindful exercise for us?
1: Sure. And you know, I, I feel like this one takes all of that that we discussed together. I'll just guide us through a little closing meditation um, that is using the structure of a meta meditation, but incorporating a lot of what we just discussed uh, together into it. So if you would just take a comfortable seat, any seat that supports your body right now, just for a few minutes. And If you're comfortable closing your eyes, you can close your eyes. If not, just uh, leave them open to a soft, fixed gaze. And for this meditation, I will ask you to take one hand and place it somewhere on your body that um, feels safe and soothing and connected to you, whether that be your heart or maybe it's one of those points of tension on your body that you felt when we were discussing that. So wherever that may be for you, just place one hand there, and I'll ask you to leave the other hand open, palm up, and hand open. And just take a breath in, inhale, and then gently exhale. And as we've been discussing how important it is to offer this grace to yourself first, we'll begin there by Just listening to the words. May I be safe and protected. May I respect all that I am feeling in body and mind and heart. May I allow myself the time and the space to feel all that I feel still for a while. And to take in what I need to take in so that I can give out. May I be safe and protected. May I allow myself to feel all that I feel in body, mind and heart. May I allow myself to take the time and the space to just still for a while, knowing that the more I can do that, the more I can gather in to give back out. May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings move through this crisis, understanding that we are all Connected. There is no I here or me or mine. It is only we and us and them together. May we all take the time to calm and still so that we can. Never forget one another again. We are in this together. Take a breath. Exhale. And taking your time, coming back to open your eyes as you are ready.
2: Wonderful. I just want to take a moment to thank you all so very much for being a part of this discussion. Um, I think that it's helpful. Um, It's a reminder, it's an eye opener Um, and it is connection and that's what we all kind of need right now. So thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much. That was lovely.
2: Yes,
1: this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Inanish copyrighted podcast and website represent the opinions of dr Lakeisha hudson dr kiki's indonesh incorporated and or her guests the content here should not be taken as medical psychological or any other advice the content here is for informational purposes only please consult your healthcare professional for any medical mental or health concerns views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are dr hudson's and or her guests and do not represent that of their places of work while we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate we welcome any comments suggestions or correction of errors all people and places mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality this podcast or website should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website and no does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor patient relationship? If you find any errors in any of the content of the podcast or blogs,
1: please send an email to 423.4.dr.kiki at gmail.com.